Welcome to the Soul Unleashed podcast, where self-discovery and coloring outside of the lines is encouraged. If you have started your own inward journey, my friend, I'm excited to help you unleash your soul. And now, the man who shatters paradigms, the host of the Soul Unleashed podcast, Mike Nicholas. Hello, friends and fellow truth seekers. Mike Nicholas here with another episode of the Soul Unleashed podcast. And for this episode, we're going to go back to the whole purpose I originally intended to have this podcast, and that is to talk about spiritual things. This is kind of a deep subject today, but things that I've come across and experienced as I've gone through this awakening on my soul journey. The concept I want to talk about today is something called indifferentism. It comes from the word indifferent, and indifferentism is, at least in the spiritual sense, is defined as accepting that all religions are a legitimate path to God, legitimate path to the truth. And I, I've never had a problem with that concept. Honestly, I came across this issue, if you will, because I'm also a Freemason. And in, in Freemasonry, we accept men of all faiths as long as they believe in, in a God or uh, a higher power. But I was reading a book about Freemasonry and Catholicism because I'm Catholic. And this particular book was called why Catholics cannot be Masons. And in that book, it, it mentions this concept of indifferentism and that it's a heresy in the Catholic Church. Ironically, I've, I've always been a live and let live kind of guy, and I never, I, I never evangelized or insisted that somebody be my religion versus whatever it is they're practicing. In fact, even when I was a, a young person, back in the swinging 60s and 70s, I... I played at guitar. I played guitar at guitar masses with my, my sisters and a couple other folks. And we, we'd play every Sunday. We'd play at mass and we did Catholic masses, obviously, but eventually the Protestants heard about these crazy Catholics that were doing guitar masses. It was kind of a cool thing back then. And we started playing at Protestant services. And you know, we did normal, not really normal hymns, but one of the things we, we sang was, uh, George Harrison's My Sweet Lord, I guess because, because I mentioned, mentioned the Lord, you know, we never got really deep into the lyrics, but hey, everybody thought that was cool back then. But I remember playing in this Protestant service in Ocean City, New Jersey, where I grew up, and everybody there was wonderful. They were super nice. Very, they seemed to me to be very religious and very kind. And, you know, I didn't see a, a dime's difference between the folks that we were playing for in the Catholic Church and the folks we were playing for in the Protestant Church. They were all they were all wonderful people, and I I grew up with that concept. You know, let's let's hold hands, sing kumbaya, everybody get along. But I, I later found out through my research on the Masonic things that indifferentism is a a heresy. Heck, I also found out that it's a heresy if you're Catholic to even pray with somebody who's not Catholic. But that's a whole different story. I want to get started on that. So indifferent indifferentism is is a heresy, and in the Catholic Faith again doing research, heretics were not treated kindly. Some some famous people that you may have heard of that uh, suffered burning at the stake, honestly, for heresy. Uh, Jacques de Molay, he was the he was the last Grand Master of the Knights Templar. He was burned in front of Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, France, in 1314. And Saint Joan of Arc, she was burned in 1431 in France by the British. Uh, let's see, 1555. There was a, a big burning of the stake. Three men were, were burned in Oxford, England. And the reason I'm kind of interested in that is I was visiting Oxford 
a few years ago, and there's this very large monument in the center of downtown Oxford. And of course, I, I'm a big history buff, so I had to go read this thing. But it was commemorated at the spot where Protestant bishops Hugh Latimer, Nicholas Ridley, and John Hooper were burned to death by Queen Mary I. Queen Mary I had the nickname Bloody Mary because she set some kind of indoor record for, uh, for burning people in her effort to restore Catholicism to, to England. So heresy was obviously a, not a good thing. The Catholic Church apparently stopped executing heretics for heresy in about 1697. But, of course, many people have been killed over many different things, and it's not limited to the Catholic Church. It's not even limited to Christians. It's not even limited to England or Europe. You know, here in the United States, we had our own challenges with these things. In 1692, the Salem witch trials took place in Massachusetts. And I, I guess I always thought that they burned witches at the stake here in the United States, but they did not. Of course, back then, we were not the United States. We were still the colonies, I guess. But in 1692, 19 women were convicted of practicing witchcraft, and they were all hung and killed that way in Massachusetts. There was another gentleman, a guy named uh, Giles Corey. Giles Corey was in his late 80s, and he was accused of practicing witchcraft, but he was so disdainful the whole process that he refused to enter a plea. And because of that, he was pressed to death. He, they basically pressed him until he would enter a plea. That was the plan. But old, old Giles was hanging in there, and after two days of being pressed to death, the sheriff, a gentleman named George Corwin, asked him if he was ready to, to enter his plea yet. Apparently, the story is also in the, in the book The Crucible. But Giles Corey, when asked that question, just shouted, more weight, <laughs> and they, uh, they complied and, and pressed him to death. But that's just an you know, example of what's happened here even in the United States. And all you got to do is Google anything, anyplace today, Google religious killings, and you'll find people of all religious stripes killing other people. So in terms of accepting other religions, though, I, I, like I said, I've been live and let live. I kind of viewed it as a, that old analogy of a bunch of blind men feeling an elephant at different points, different parts of the elephant, trying to describe what it was they were feeling. It would all be different or different words, but it would be different words applied to the same truth. And that's kind of how I look at it, that religions, all these religions out there are different words applied to the same truth, which is so big and so expansive and beyond our comprehension that, you know, for, for us to believe, it's hard for me to believe, I'll just speak for myself, it's hard for me to accept that we got it right with the Bible or that we got it right just with Catholicism and everybody else has it wrong. And I, I just believe we're all struggling to get to that truth and, and, and the Bible is one way to do that, but maybe it's not... Maybe it's not the only way. And it's kind of weird for me even to say this openly on the, on the on the microphone, but that's kind of where I am. I came across an interesting article because I read all different kinds of things, and it was called, uh, what was the website? The website is called The Traditional Catholic Priest, or traditionalcatholicpriest.com. And there's an author on there named Father Dave Nix. And Father Dave, he he was defending this, this concept of indifferentism as a heresy, but, but he was using an analogy to explain different perspectives on Jesus Christ and salvation. And he said, for a lot of people, they incorrectly view the concept of Jesus Christ and salvation as we're all on a cruise ship 
and standing along the balcony enjoying the sunset are Catholics and Hindus and Muslims and Jews and and pagans and we're all we're all on the balcony and the sharks are swimming around in the waters below us as the cruise ship glides towards the sunset and along comes Jesus Christ and he's grabbing people one by one who aren't baptized or haven't accepted accepted him as their personal savior and he's tossing them over into the ocean to be devoured by the sharks he said that is an incorrect way of looking at salvation he said the correct way is to use that same analogy is that we're all swimming in the ocean and trying to avoid the sharks and we all start in the ocean and along comes the cruise ship with jesus christ and he's tossing life preservers over to each of us offering us the opportunity to accept salvation through him and then pulling us on board so i thought that was interesting and that is quite a difference of perspective but it, it starts with the analogy i guess that we're out there on our own and that we're, uh, we're we're swimming with the sharks basically until offered the offer the chance for salvation. I, I I just wanted to mention a couple things that I I read as part of the research to do this. And this is back to the Catholic Church because again I was looking at Freemasonry and and uh, the challenges of indifferentism. It kind of started in 1832. Pope Gregory the the twenty uh, first he issued an encyclical called Mirari Vos. And I read the whole encyclical, and I just want to quote a couple sentences from it. He's talking about indifferentism, and he says, This shameful font of indifferentism gives rise to that absurd and erroneous proposition, which claims that liberty of conscience must be maintained for everyone. When all restraints are removed by which men are kept on the narrow path of truth, their nature, which is already inclined to evil, propels them to ruin. So that's what Pope Gregory the, the uh, 21st thought. That was a shame. <laughs> but he says, he also goes on to say that same encyclical, by the way, which I thought was interesting. He's a big proponent of book burning. So he does a big defense of book burning as part of this encyclical. And then in 1884, uh, Pope Leo XIII, he warned of the danger of considering all religions are alike. And his, in his encyclical called Humanum Genus, he said, this manner of reasoning is calculated to bring about the ruin of all forms of religion, and especially of the Catholic religion, which, as it is the only one that is true, cannot, without great injustice, be regarded as merely equal to other religions. That lays it right out there, that if you're not Catholic, that you're, you're basically screwed. So, I still struggle with this indifferentism as a heresy thing. I don't, I don't expect or hope that they're burning anybody at the stake anymore. But I was raised to believe that you know, popes were infallible, and what they said was infallible. Um, just as an aside, if you if you do Google popes and infallibility, there's another website out there called The Remnant, R-E-M-N-A-N-T, theremnantnewspaper.com. And there's a, a whole article on there by a gentleman named Robert Sisko, which talks about whether or not the, the church can depose a heretical pope. He's writing it from the, the, the uh, perspective of the current pope, Pope Francis, uh, so he's getting a lot of flack for that, but he does talk about, it goes way back about what happens when popes are obviously bad popes, and there's plenty of those throughout history, and how can they be infallible if that's the case? So I, I look at the encyclicals with a little bit of uh, a little bit of skepticism, especially when they say that the only true religion is the Catholic faith, and if you're not Catholic, that, uh, that you can't be saved. That continues to bother me. But that's the concept of indifferentism. And 
I would simply say that uh, from my humble perspective, I'm, I'm a big believer of the truth being there's one truth, but there may be multiple ways to, to get to that truth. And I, I don't know of anything devised by man in this current physical world can be considered infallible and as the only one way to what to whatever that truth is. And it also, indifferentism, forces us to look for truth outside of ourselves, not to look within, but to look without. That truth and salvation has to come from someplace other than ourselves. And as I'm on this soul journey, I'm learning that and starting to believe that we have a higher, there's definitely a higher power, but that there is more to us than this mortal body and, and this sliver of soul that's attached to us now, that we're attached to something bigger, that we're all attached to God, and that salvation does not necessarily need to come from outside. I know this is a deep subject for today, <laughs> deep subject, and uh, but these are the kind of things that I, I ponder and that I'm, I'm going through as I'm searching for uh, my personal way to, to the truth. So thanks for listening, and I'll be back again. Bye-bye. All right, that's a wrap for another podcast of The Soul Unleashed. Thank you for joining me. Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you leave a review for wherever you downloaded this podcast and subscribe? That way you'll never miss an episode and you'll be helping other seekers such as yourself, many of them on the same journey, find their way to this podcast and community. Thanks again. Bye-bye.